The title of the message this evening as we plan to minister is called The Privilege of the Bride. The Privilege of the Bride. Nobody has an advantage like a woman who is about to be married. Everybody gives her advice. Some give us free lotions. <laughs> Some give her free saloon treatment. Some give her free uh, clothing to put on. And if there is ever a time a woman is going to receive plenty of unsolicited advice and unsolicited help, it is when she's about to be married. Now, I'm not talking like somebody who is married, but I have watched a few girls. <laughs> Some of them will be getting married this week. And I have seen one thing. When a woman is about to be married, such privilege is leveled on her. Let her finish being married, then she will know this world is unfair. <laughs> People will begin to comment about the weight, about the food, about everything. Praise the Lord. Allow me to read for us Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 25. But I can begin from 23 going down. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 23. The privilege of the bride. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23. The Bible says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be, be to their own husbands in everything. 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for, for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. 27. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it, might, that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives, as their own bodies, he that loveth his wife, loveth himself. Run with me to Esther. Run with me to the book of Esther. Esther is in the Old Testament. Esther is not your friend. Okay? <laughs> Esther is not your friend. Esther in the, is in the Old Testament. Just after Psalms, then Job, then behind is Esther. So go to the book of Psalms, turn backwards, and some people are just standing on the screens, eh? Turn backwards, then you go to Job, then after Job there is Esther. Esther chapter 2, I will read from verse, uh, let me see, from verse 7. The Bible says, And he brought up Adasa, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. Underline that if, you, if the Bible is yours. For she, ne she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful. Whom Mordecai, when our father, when Mordecai, when our father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. Verse eight. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together and to Shushan the palace to the custody of Egal, then es that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Egal keeper of the women. Verse 9. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her, the, uh, gave her uh, things for purification. 
For with such things as belonged to her, and to be given to her, out of the king's house, and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. Verse 10, Esther had not shielded her people, nor her kindred. For Mordecai had charged her that she should not shield it. Verse 11, and Mordecai walked every day and before the court of the women's, court, or women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Verse 12, now when every maid's turn was come to go into King Hauserus, after that she had been 12 months according to the manner of the women. For, for so were the days of their purifications accomplished to wit six months with oil of myrrh and six months with the sweet odors and with other things for the purifying of the women. Verse 13, Then thus came every maiden unto the king, whatsoever she desired was given to her, was given her to go with her out of the king, out of the house of the women unto the king's house. Verse 14, In the evening, she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women to the custody of Shazza, the king's chamberlain, with which kept the concubines. She came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. Now when the turn for Esther, the daughter of Abiel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but what Egil, the king's chamberlain, and the keeper of the women appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all of them that looked upon her. Lord Jesus, bless your word, and use it to bring us closer and closer in intimacy with you. In Jesus' name, amen. To be a bride is an encouragement. It is not a punishment. To be a bride is an honor. It is not a curse. Because nothing motivates a woman to look well after herself than to discover after all this diligence, I have a reward. I am going to be taken and I am going to be showcased as a special gift to my people and to my future. Why are many people not encouraged to pursue righteousness and to pursue the face of God? Because they are yet to discover that to the pure, God will show himself as, as pure. One day you discover that the Lord does not just stand to rebuke, stand to rebuke, stand to rebuke. Sometimes he stands to encourage and to cheer you up and to lift you up and to promote you. But... For him to show himself pure, you need also to learn to be pure to him. Esther, the Bible says, as we have seen there, had a disadvantage, which turned out to be a great advantage to her. The Bible says she did not have a mother or she did not have a father. She was an orphan. Number two disadvantage Esther had, which all of us have in a way, and we are going to talk about it. Esther was a refugee. Esther was in a foreign land among a foreign people, in a foreign culture. So number one, in a nuclear family, our two parents are buried. Number two, in a native nation, okay? In a native nation, the whole nation has been plundered. She has nothing. Number three, 
Among the people around her, she was the foreigner. The rest were not foreigners. To be an orphan meant Esther did not have a father to cheer her up. Esther did not have a father to give her culture. Esther did not have a father to give her this, you know, directions. Now what happened to Esther? Esther begins to rely on somebody apart from her father. Somebody apart from her natural strength. Somebody apart from her natural culture. This person was Mordecai. Mordecai signifies somebody today we call the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 14, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send you a helper. I will send you an instructor. I will send you a guide. He will lead you. He will walk with you. The moment you discover that sometimes losing natural connections, losing natural ability, sometimes losing the natural is advantageous to the spiritual, you will begin to thrive instead of diminish. One problem I've discovered is that people tend to resist the will of God when nature is on their side. And they tend to be agreeable to the will of God when nature is not on their side. <laughs> One preacher preached something I'll never forget. He said, it is very hard for the rich and mighty to respond to preaching the gospel because so much is there to be lost. Rarely do you hear the famous families ruling the earth, producing even a deacon in church. Why? There is a father, there is a mother, there is a name, there is wealth, there is connection. These people do not need, they do not need to serve a father greater than the father they have around. These people do not need to serve a name greater than the name they carry. And I wish I could mention names, but you know what I'm talking about. The royal families are not producing preachers. It is the nobodies like me. I don't know about you, but I can talk about me. It is the nobodies producing preachers. It is the nobodies producing men preparing themselves for Jesus because the natural does not have any place for them anymore. So Esther has natural disadvantages. But the more she is getting closer and closer to purpose, the more she is discovering what was naturally to be harmful to me has become advantageous to my destiny. The fact that I lack somebody to give me cheer and somebody to give me support and somebody to give me encouragement in the natural means that I can reach out to God with desperation. The men used by Jesus, the 12 apostles, most of them were poor people. Most of them were frustrated people. Most of them were nobodies. Of the 400 people who came and surrounded themselves around, around David, the Bible says most of them came depressed and in debt and in confusion. Most of them were feeling vexed in their souls. As a result, they needed somebody apart from themselves. Somebody apart from, you know, apart from what they had. And David took them in and began grooming them. And began raising them up. So Esther does not have a father or a mother. And this plays out to her advantage. No father or mother could allow their daughter to go and cut work for a king. Especially when they can keep her busy in the family business. Or in the family shop. Or in the family chamber. No family, no father or mother could have allowed her to do an experiment with her future. Because the challenge with parents, and I'm not against parents. Even me, I look forward to being a parent. The, the challenge with parents, they know it all. And they regulate it like a, like a clinician. 
Somebody who went to a science school and he knows how to regulate everything. Still children cannot explore for themselves. When you are a parent, learn to let the children meet God on their own. Encounter life on their own sometimes. When Esther failed to have a parent, it allowed her the room to play the game for destiny. Secondly, Esther was in a foreign land. Previously, she was on the lower side or the southern part of Middle East called Israel. Now she has been taken to the modern day Iran, where Iran and Iraq, where Babylon was. That was the kingdom where Ahasuerus was the emperor. So she's a foreigner. And what works out for us is this. We are not in this world as people in their home. This world is not our home. We are strangers. This is not our nation. This is not our country. This is not our nationality. And sometimes people are looking for significance in the world and the Lord does not allow them to get that success so that he can win them to himself to prepare them for a city whose builder and maker is God. Today, many preachers are encouraging people to make significance and to have a name in the world and to have their mark in the world. But according to this scripture, we are to be taken out of the world in our minds and to desire to create spiritual impact rather than just socioeconomic impact. Esther begins to be prepared in a strange nation. But the good thing with this strange nation, the more she knew she's not part of it, the more she was leading in it. The more she was charging and overseeing it. The more she was taking herself out, sanctifying herself out of it, the more God was trusting her to be on top of it. Listen to me. One day that thing you are looking for, that is a job or a big promotion or a big name in your industry, you will get it. But first things first. Can you separate yourself and say, this is not my future. This is not my destiny. My destiny is heaven. When you are your heart and your soul is separated enough. God now can release you to it because he knows you will not worship it. As long as the deal is too sweet and the stakes are too high, the Lord may not be able to trust you. The Lord may not be able to count on you. Therefore, he will keep you pending and waiting so that you can sanctify yourself. Initially, when I was in school, there were days I wanted good grades to go to my family and tell them, look, Eh, 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 ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and it was like, let me go and give them the A's. And the A's did not come. They came mixed in with the B's and C's. One day I said, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to honor you. I want to live only in the eyes of your admiration. Have your way in my life. And I began to be separated from every craving to perform. And the more I was separating myself, the more I was performing. I remember my grandmother asking me one time, what position were you? I told her, I am not so sure. But this is your report form. Oh, I did not even look at it. I am seeing you top the whole school. I'm like, oh, I topped. Okay, I, I, I topped. She was like whispering something to somebody who is asleep, somebody who is dead. When the stakes are too high, you may be frustrated. But when you lose the passion for the stakes, and now your passion is your Lord, I tell you the truth, the Lord will give it to you. Esther is an orphan. 
Her main desire is to stay alive, not to starve, not to be chased back to that place of bondage. And as long as she is safe and breathing, and knowing that she is a Jewess in a foreign land, and she is safe, she has nothing to lose whether she becomes queen or she does not become queen. I hope now you understand that when Paul said do not be anxious in Philippians chapter 4, it was, not a, it was not just a warning, it was a rebuke. Because anxiety is a sign your legs are already in the waters, you are already mixed up. Anxiety will disqualify you. And when we cease being anxious and all we want to do is to be surrendered to our God, then the breakthrough will come, but it will not enter your heart. It will not enter your head. It will now be used to glorify the Lord. And that is the intention of God in the many things some of us have been going through. Esther, after she is an orphan, after she is a refugee, she is put under somebody to instruct her. I believe in human instructors. I believe in teachers. I believe in fathers like Pastor Kimani. I believe in brethren, you know, brethren in faith as people who are going to be used to perfect us. But I believe all these people should do their job based on the interest of the King of Kings, based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Hegel, the one we have just read about, did not come by himself. You know, I'm Hegel. <laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years. Listen to me. He did not quote experience. He quoted the King. I will follow a preacher as long as he's quoting Jesus. He ceases to quote Jesus. I am done. And I permit you to do the same. Egal is experienced. Egal has the skills. Maybe Egal went to Bible school. Maybe Egal is the leader of the most prominent church. But Egal has one thing to submit to. He has one person to quote. He was quoting the king. Never allow anybody who does not quote the king to lead you. It will not lead you to being pure. It will lead you to being impure. So if Egal had come and said, girls, you are beautiful, but I want to prepare you to go and dig in a shamba, <laughs> he would have misquoted the king. And had these girls gone to build masquembers instead of being beautiful, they would have missed the pageant. And today, we have Egans who are out of order. And instead of raising us in beauty, they are raising us in confusion. Such, you are permitted not to listen to. Paul says, and I love it, imitate me as I imitate who? Christ. So Egal is preparing a bride. He's preparing virgins. But he's not preparing them for himself. Neither is he preparing them for his agendas. He's preparing them for the king. I was asking a man of God, I think, two months ago. I asked him, man of God, you've told me many things. Now, the end of the matter is this. Where is Jesus? And how am I entering in him? How is he coming to me? How am I connecting more closely to him? I, I hear there are so many things you are saying. But please, I want to see Jesus. I want to be directed to Jesus. I want to connect to Jesus. So Egal comes to Esther. And he tells Esther, Esther, when we are done, we are going to the king. When we are done washing ourselves, when we are done eating, when we are done purifying ourselves, it is all for the king. 
And my brothers, my sisters, when you discover that the training you are going through is all for the king, do you know what will happen? You will begin to enjoy the benefit of being backed up by the resources of that king. One of the resources we see, and we have no time to read, is called the ointments. The ointments. There is an anointing you enjoy when you discover the job I am doing, I am doing it for Jesus. The church I am coming to, I am coming for Jesus. The microphone I'm holding or giving away, I am holding it or giving away for Jesus. When you discover that all roads are leading to the king, there is an anointing you will begin to enjoy. This anointing, you do not have to buy it. You do not have to sweat for it. The king already has commissioned. It will be given. When the Lord called me, I was a young boy. And I told him, Lord, I'm young. I do not have the experience. I do not have the ability. How will I do this work? I told him, Lord, here I am. You are sending me to places I should not go because my age does not allow me. My training does not allow me. The Lord told me, listen, when you have my heart and you are ready to do what is in my heart, I will give you all the backup that can ever be given to you from your natural abilities. There is an interest when you develop in the heart of God. He begins to vindicate himself through your life. God is being mocked, for example, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. God is being mocked for 40 days and 40 nights. There is a fool standing up just to mock God and his nation Israel. And David said, who is this guy doing this to God? And before he knew it, the support he needed, the power he needed, the strength and the confidence he needed to take this giant down, the Lord Jesus, by his spirit, gave it to him. The backup you need depends on how deep is your passion for the king. Listen to me, young people. Purity should not be such a struggle. When all you want to do is to glorify Jesus. Not to be talked about nicely. Not to be accepted by your peers. But when all you want to do is Jesus. You died so that I can be free. For your death's sake. Give me power to overcome these challenges. The Lord will give it to you. A man whom some of us know. John Carson. The one who ran for president now is I think the cabinet secretary for urban renewal and development and housing, something like that in the U.S. He knows he wants to be a doctor. But an exam comes that he has not prepared for. And many of his classmates looked at this exam and they said, hey, we are quitting medical school. Then he went down on his knees. He said, Lord, I promise you, if you will help me pass this exam, I will not only be a good doctor, but I'll be a missionary doctor, even to Africa, to among poor people. The Lord was able to see his heart, how selfless it was. And when his heart became selfless, the man said very clearly in his book, Think Big, some of you need to buy it for your children, that when he went to sleep at night, he slept about, and he saw the exam, and he saw the questions, he saw the answers, and he came and wrote them. And I think he got 97, if I'm not wrong, percent. And it was the toughest exam. They had not read for it. When the agenda is genuine, when the agenda is pure, I tell you the truth, heaven will back the person in the picture with all its might. The advantage we have as a bride is this. Jesus, 
When I wake up in the morning, the neighbors are looking at me. They know I'm a Christian. Jesus, when I go to work, the work colleagues know that I'm a Christian. For the sake of your name that I carry, back me up. Back me up to stop talking carelessly. Back me up to stop losing my temper. Back me up to stop being a careless soul. Back me up, like we said in the morning, to move from being black to being gloriously white. Back me up and the Lord will do it. Because now the stakes are high. Psalms 23 talks about, He leads me in path of righteousness for His name's sake. It is not a punishment to be called to be a bride of Christ. It is actually a place where Christ is disadvantaged and you, you are advantaged. Their prayers now you pray and Christ has nothing to do except to come through and answer you. There are now things you can demand and Christ will come through and answer. So Esther did not have to say, I need lotion, I need shampoo. Now that is where I've reached with the ladies. One day when I grow up, I only know no lotion and shampoo. God bless my soul. <laughs> makeup. So lotion is not makeup. One day when I grow up. Okay, I need lotion, I need shampoo, I need makeup, I need makedown. <laughs> Some cannot even be pronounced. I don't exfoliate us. Gee, ex what is exfoliation? See me after this, you talk to me. Now, <laughs> Esther did not have to mention all these things. Esther just said, I am here, I am a bride. Whatever it takes to prove that I am the bride you are interested in, give it to me. And it was given. There are advantages some of you are going to begin to enjoy in your spiritual life, even in your social life. If you are going to take up your duty, if you are going to take up your place as a bride, and you are going to say, Lord, everybody in heaven and on earth are looking at me. For the sake of you who has put your name on me, your mark on me, come through and give me the defense I need. God will give it. Two things are mentioned in the book of Ephesians. But you have read chapter 5 from verse 23 going down. Number one, Christ, actually three things. Number one, purity. Number two, sport. Number three, wrinkles. Christ has promised that just like the husband gave, uh, loves his wife, he also loves his church. And therefore, he will go on washing this church. Go on washing this church. Go on washing this church. But he says he washes the church by his word. Sometimes I know heavens can be shut. And you do not have a word to cheer you and to send you to the next level. Do you know what you do? You come and you play the bride card. You say, Lord, I need a word to purify me, lest I be grumpy and heavy and confused. Because I am your bride, Lord, wash me by your word. The Lord will do it. And you may pop into a scripture and the scripture will come alive. You may go into a meeting and the preacher will preach something that will wash you up. Why do we receive revelation? Not because we are anointed, but because we need revelation to wash us. Sometimes you are going through an issue and it is making you tired and grumpy and, you know, wrinkled up and confused and stained. Then, one word comes from heaven and it washes you. But it is not washing you for fun, it is washing you as a bride. Rise up from today and begin taking advantage of your status as a bride. Begin rising up people of God and take your advantage of your status. You have the right to be encouraged. You have the right to be cheered up. You have the right to be strengthened. You have the right to be given clarity. It is not anymore your right to be confused. 
Because the brides deserve to be washed up. And I remember my mentor in high school, our seal patron, telling me, my son, when you become a husband one day, learn to wash your wife. I said, wash my wife? I said, that is your definition of romance? She told me, no. To wash your wife means, and she quoted Ephesians, you take a word that will make her better. And you keep using it on her. And the more you are using it on her, even physically she will begin to radiate. And emotionally she will radiate. And intelligently, I mean intellectually she will also radiate. Men and women, daughters of Zion and sons of Zion. Was I misled in that? Did she mislead me? The same way women have that need, even as spiritually, as the bride of Christ, we have that one major need. This issue going on, where is the word? This disturbance that I've been having, where is the word? And I want to tell you something. If the word is not purifying you, making you look like Christ, making you connect to Christ, then it is not preparing you as a bride. Egal has suddenly become a rogue officer. Take a break and wait on a better officer. The first privilege of a bride is to be washed. And every time I feel I'm in a corner, I play that card on the Lord. Lord, I feel I'm impure. Lord, I feel I am stagnating. Lord, I feel I'm being confused. Lord, and I shake and I just tell the Lord, Lord, do something. I remember this morning when I woke up, a certain man of God from another country sent me a very beautiful message. The one I needed to cheer me up and to invigorate me and to purify me. I don't know about you, but many times as believers, we tend to pick issues and things that make us heavy and make us impure. And there is one answer we have as a bride. One word from the king. One word to wash us. Just like water washes the body. And sometimes as a bride, it is your duty to prepare for that word. Sometimes you have to look for it. Sometimes you have to reach out for it. Sometimes you have to go to a place where that word will be spoken. If Esther decided to go back to Israel, when Egal has already come with a word that the king is interested in you, this is what could have happened. She could be having the potential but not the destiny. She could still be having the potential to be queen, but the reality and the destiny of being queen, she will have missed. People of God, you are as bright as the word in your heart. You are as dull as the word not in your heart. You are as light and as energetic as the word in your heart. And I want to tell you now that we are in a harem. A harem is where virgins are gathered. I want to tell you, be in the business of cleaning up your fellow brides. Did you hear that? Be in the business of cleaning up your fellow brides. Be in the business of going to cheer up a brother. Going to clean up a brother. Going to clean up a sister. With one kind word. Because all of us, there is a filth somewhere. There is a dirt somewhere. There is a stain somewhere. And we need water. We need revelation. We need one kind word. To keep us going. The Bible says of the apostles in the book of Acts chapter 2 and chapter 3. That daily they kept sitting at the feet of the apostles. Breaking bread. Receiving the word from the apostles. As they continued that way daily. Never was there a scandal in the body of Christ. In those days. Why? People could gather to pick words. To wash them up. And to keep washing them up. The second thing or the second privilege we see of a bride. Is the Bible promises she will not have a wrinkle. 
And one time I preached here, I said, wrinkle is a sign of age. Wrinkle is a sign that you are getting old. Wrinkle is a sign that you are dying. Wrinkle is a sign you are going to the grave. To be a bride means you are forever youthful. Youthful does not mean being young like me or being petite like me. Youthful means you are fresh and you are on the go and you are alert and you are excited and you are ready for the new thing God is doing. When are not making me jumping anymore. Things that should make me say, let's go, let's go, do it. These things are no longer making me excited. And I knew I am losing the touch of youth because I was becoming rigid. I was becoming too much contained in where I am. Too much satisfied with what I have. One of the ways the Lord will test your youth is to do what he did to me that day. He will tell you a simple word that should excite those with energy. And if it does not excite you, you are in trouble. Oh, the Lord is about to move in DC, Gong Road. Then the Lord will watch. Uh-huh. You are not excited. Oh, you did not even clap. You did not even feel the strength and the fire. Girl or sister or boy or man, you are becoming old. The youth are experimenters. Ask me. The youth are naughty. They are cheeky. They are always on the look for new things. No wonder we read last week, new, the Jerusalem coming from heaven was new. I believe one of the reasons why some people will, not, will miss it is because they were expecting an old Jerusalem. And it came so much new, they had no idea what to do with it. And the Bible even says the new heaven and the new earth came from heaven and was released on earth. God is always doing something new as a way to keep us young. <laughs> and I pray for you this evening. May you get back your youth. Despite the pain you have had, may you get back your youth. Despite the losses in business or in relationships, may you get back your youth. The Bible says, those who know their God shall be strong. After they are strong, they will do exploits. Exploits are not experiments. Exploits are unbelievable things going beyond the norm. The Bible also says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you are not strong, you are not going, when you are not joyful, you are not going to be strong. And nothing should take your joy away from you. Have you discovered the most noisy people are the youth? Those who laugh the most. The people leading our entertainment industry, our music industry, they are young people, physically speaking. And I want to tell you something. Spiritually, those who are going to be in the forefront of bringing joy to the house of God will be those who are young in their spirit. Bonke should now be almost 80 years. I follow him on Facebook. And every day that man is talking, you see a child, you see a youth. Today I want to talk to you. And he's just laughing and bubbling. And the man is so full of energy. One time Shambak, R.W. Shambak was told, Shambak, he was he's a friend to Serulo. He's now in his 90s. I think he should be dead. I said, oh God, that boy is old. <laughs> and Shambak is told, you need to retire. He returned and said, no, I need to refire. And the man is 80, like Serulo. Boy, that man is literally stooping. But the other day, I don't know, he's in North, uh, South America. And this week, I don't know, he's going where. And the man is shaking and old. But he's still saying, the Lord is doing a new thing. Amen. Do not misunderstand me when I talk about youth. Youth is not about your physical age. Do you know, if you go to some denominations, it is the youth who will tell you, that thing we don't want here. 
It is the youth who will give you the old touch. It is the youth who will give you the aged touch. I repeat again. When you, began, when you begin to be wrinkled, after a while, your skin is too weak, and your voice is too weak, and your body is too weak, and before you know it, you have been buried, though you are still alive. Saul of Tarsus was in his early 20s when this new thing came called Christianity, and he did not understand it. And he opposed it, he killed because of it, he did all manner of damage to it. And in the process, he thought he was being young and strong, but according to God, he was being old. And what happens to old people, my brother Tim, one of the things that happen, they lose their sight. One of the signs of youth, uh, of age, you lose sight. And what happens the first time Paul meets Jesus, when he was told, he became blind. Jesus was showing him, this is how old you are, young boy. You do not have spiritual sight. Yes, you are learned. Yes, you are energetic. Yet you, you are convinced the old ways should be maintained. But as you are fighting for these old ways, you are blocking the youth of what I want to do. I like what pastor said in the morning. We are unpredictable in this church. I almost screamed, but I, I held my peace. I said, yes. And the day you are tired of newness and randomness and energy and shouts and screams, go get your coffee. You are dying. <laughs> Lastly, Paul talks about spot. He talks of wrinkle. He also talks about spot. Spot is a sign of impurity. But it is not evidence impurity. It is the small things. It is the little thing. If you are genuinely going to be a bride, nothing should be so little. Nothing should be so small. Everything that can bring your walk with the Lord in question should be handled and handled immediately. When Esther went before the king, months and months had been taken to make her beautiful and to make her fresh and to make her pure. Why was all this being done? To remove any sign of impurity. No preacher is willing to say today loudly, those who walk in impurity shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Yet impurity is such an important thing. Now, what is the answer to impurity? The answer to impurity is very simple. The blood of Jesus. There's a woman of God who was telling me after the sermon, man of God, do you know there are places nowadays the blood is not emphasized or wanted, or the cross emphasized or wanted? And people think, people think, by impurity they shall get away with it. No, impurity will block your place as a bride. There is no day that you should go without you claiming the blood of Jesus. There is no day you should go in prayer and you don't claim the blood of Jesus. And the blood is not there to remind you you are guilty. The blood is there to remind you you are still in line to being the bride of Christ. Keep cleansing yourself. You are still the eligible candidate. You are not being removed. Keep cleansing yourself. And sometimes the Lord may have to use a louder voice to remind you that you need the blood in your life. Do not 
block your ears to that voice. Hearken to that voice. Because that voice will lead you to your place as the bride. Finally, before I close. The Bible says in Revelation chapter, I think 21 verse 9. Revelation chapter 21, I think verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which are the seven vials, full of the seven last plagues, and, and talked with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. <laughs> Nothing nails it for me like that. The rest of the world are only seeing plagues. They are only having plague. They are only having devastation. They are only having curses. But the lamb's wife, is quiet and peaceful and adorned. When men separate themselves to be the bride, they are delivering themselves unknowingly from so much unnecessary plagues, so much unnecessary damage and trouble. To be a bride should be a motivation to be able to avoid unnecessary plagues. As the rest of the world will be weeping in these last days. As the rest of the world will be crying and gnashing their teeth. Coming under the judgment of God. You who has decided to be the bride. You will only be with your husband. You will only be looking cute and delicate and beautiful. Nothing will be moving you. Nothing is so powerful than knowing that you are right with the Lord. Nothing is so powerful than to know that you have placed your absolute Confidence and future in the masses of God. Nothing is so powerful. So the world is being shaken. The world is being put into sufferings. But there is a group that is saying, Come Lord Jesus, we are here with you. We are not here with the sufferings or with the judgments or with the curses. We are here with you. Nothing is so blessed like that. Today I have friends. Who live in fear of judgment? They live in fear that God is about to punish them. And I'm asking them, is this the ideal life Jesus died to give to you? No. Because when Jesus died, he died so that those who should have been condemned should now be justified. And those who should have been led to destruction should be led to victory. Romans 8 chapter 1, I mean chapter 8 verse 1 to 2, the Bible says there is therefore now condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning out of Christ Jesus there is condemnation. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. There is a law of sin leading to death. But when you are in Christ, the spirit of God will always be plucking you from this law and bringing you to a life where you are above condemnation. We have honor tonight. We have privilege. We have a reason to shout and to rejoice. That despite the fact that we may have not made it to the top of the church, we still have an incorruptible promise from God. The Lord has still promised us, as long as we are the bride, we will never have wrinkles, we will never have spot, we will never have death on us. Evening, I want to encourage you people of God. Life is not just about paying your bills or missing to pay them. Life is not just about having nice friends and high-fiving. Life is not just about meeting your targets. Life is about 
having a purpose that I am separated for God. I am separated for a privilege. I am separated for future advantages. My neighbors may not see what I am seeing, but I will keep seeing it by faith. Paul says in our you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, we separate ourselves or we sanctify ourselves from everything that is filthy, everything that is corrupt. When you know why you need to be sanctified, you will not do it with heaviness. You will not do it like it is a punishment. You will do it knowing that the advantages far outweigh the disadvantages. Let's be on our feet. You are here and you have been facing a a bit of uh, discouragement. You've been facing a bit of, okay God, till when? I want to tell you something. We have a reason to keep fighting. We have a reason to keep believing. I said First Corinthians chapter 7, but it is Second Corinthians chapter 7. Forgive me for that. There is a reason to keep believing. There is a reason to still wake up every morning and say, Lord, let your blood wash me. Thank you, Lord. And I'm looking at some people tonight. You are losing strength. You are wondering, Lord, why must I keep pushing? Why must I keep laboring? Why must I keep praying? This is the reason. You are a bride. And the Lord wants to purify you. The Lord wants to sanctify you for himself. And in sanctity, you are going to have the upper advantage. One of the greater advantages is that one day, one day you are there and others are suffering of plagues and judgment, but you, you are separated unto God. Are you aware that even in this life, separating yourself to holiness makes you even physically to have advantages? That fasting and prayer, seeking the face of God, makes even your skin to be more perfect. <laughs> Did you know, by the way, my sister Becky, that the anointing oil of God does not just touch your spirit, it even touches your skin. Maybe you should meet my agents one of these days. <laughs> Did you know the anointing does not just touch your spirit, it touches even your physical body. How many remember my Nanganga when he had just started ministry? The man was ugly. After a while, the Lord began to use him and anoint him. The man even became handsome. And he could even preach about it. <laughs> and the man knew it that I used to be ugly. Now I'm handsome. I want to tell you people, it is not a failure to live for Jesus. And to separate yourself for Jesus. And to call upon the blood of Jesus. And to call upon the anointing oil of the Holy Ghost. It is not a waste. It will purify you. The Bible says this power is able to purify you. And to set you apart among those who have an inheritance in this life. There is a separation that you need to do. Because it will make you have a spring. The Bible says of Moses. But I at the age of a hundred and what? Twenty. He still walks with a spring. His eyes did not fail. Even mine have failed. God punished the devil. And Moses was still being able to see from far without any kind of struggle. The more you serve the Lord, the more he blesses the vessel you use to serve him. Our God will service what you use to, you, to serve him. Your body is a vessel that he wants to use. 
But this body as he uses it, he will nourish it. He will give it life. And this evening, some of you, I know you need a miracle. But the greatest miracle you need is to begin a journey of sanctification. And as you are walking in sanctification, the body that you are using to carry the voice of God and His will, the Lord will bless. The Lord will refresh. So Father, I pray for your people this evening. Lift your hands. I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord, may you begin to encourage them. Encourage them to live for you, Jesus. Encourage them to take advantage as the bride of Christ. Encourage them, Lord Jesus, that in giving their bodies to be used of you, in giving their bodies to serve you, in giving their souls to serve you, they can never, ever suffer the curse of death. Lord, we thank you that you promised in Psalms 92 that, Lord, even in old age, even in old age, the memory of the Russians will not fail. And I take authority on that scripture and I decree the curse of dementia is not our portion. The curse of memory loss is not our portion. The curse of depression is not our portion. I want to tell you people, it is not a failure to live for Jesus and to separate yourself for Jesus. And to call upon the blood of Jesus. And to call upon the anointing oil of the Holy Ghost. It is not a waste. It will purify you. The Bible says this power is able to purify you. And to set you apart among those who have an inheritance in this life. There is a separation that you need to do. Because it will make you have a spring. The Bible says of Moses that I, at the age of 100 and what? 20. He still walked with a spring. His eyes did not fail. Even mine have failed. God punished the devil. And Moses was still being able to see from far without any kind of struggle. The more you serve the Lord, the more he blesses the vessel you use to serve him. Our God will service what you use to, you, to serve him. Your body is a vessel that he wants to use. But this body as he uses it, he will nourish it. He will give it life. And this evening, some of you, I know you need a miracle. But the greatest miracle you need is to begin a journey of sanctification. And as you are walking in sanctification, the body that you are using to carry the voice of God and His will, the Lord will bless. The Lord will refresh. So Father, I pray for your people this evening. Lift your hands. I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord, may you begin to encourage them. Encourage them to live for you, Jesus. Encourage them to take advantage as the bride of Christ. Encourage them, Lord Jesus, that in giving their bodies to be used of you, in giving their bodies to serve you, in giving their souls to serve you, they can never, ever suffer the curse of death. Lord, we thank you that you promised in Psalms 92 that, Lord, even in old age, even in old age, the memory of the Russians will not fail. And I take authority on that scripture and I decree the curse of dementia is not our portion. The curse of memory loss is not our portion. The curse of depression is not our portion. In fact, if you are here and you have a relative having mental issues, come in front, let us believe God. If you are here and you have a relative having mental challenges, having memory issues, come here, let's believe God. And I quote for you that scripture, Psalms 92. 
Psalms 92. The Bible says, Verse 14. But I can begin from 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. There's a flourishing. Verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. This Bible was written by some old people like Moses. Moses wrote the first five books not in his 20s or 40s but he late, late in his 80s, almost to the hundreds, the man still had a good memory. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, according to Psalms 92 verse 14, we are saying in the name of Jesus that everybody we represent in this place, everybody we are standing for in this place, the spirit of mind memory loss is reversed in the name of Jesus. The spirit of losing mind in the name of Jesus, it is reversed. We decree a fresh memory in the name of Jesus. We decree a fresh memory in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the spirit of dementia. We rebuke the spirit of memory loss. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I want you to stand in faith. And let us stand on the promises of God tonight. Let us believe that Lord, you are able to keep our memory intact and fresh. Even in old age, none of us is allowed to have a relative who has lived for God having memory losses. So once again, Lord, we stand on your word. Psalms 92 verse 14. We decree in the name of Jesus. The mind of the righteous is blessed. The mind of the righteous is blessed. The memory of the righteous will not perish on earth. It will not be wiped away because of age. It will not be wiped away because of disease of any kind. We decree and we declare in the name of Jesus. Let there be testimonies. And some of you will meet these people. Whether they be old, whether they be young. With memory issues. I want to tell you something. Stand on the word of the Lord. And decree this scripture by faith. Decree it and see it come to pass. Decree it and see it come to pass. The memory of the Russians cannot be affected. Paul is an old man when he's writing to Timothy. And the Bible proves to us, even in the prison, he still had books to write and books to read. The Bible says to the last words of one of the last words of Paul was. My son Timothy, bring me the parchments. The parchments were for writing. And also the books, the books were for reading. The man was still doing referencing and letter writing in his old age. And I decree it in the name of Jesus. Those who seem to be losing memory, or those the devil wants to make to lose their memory, they shall still be writing. They shall still be reading. They shall still be narrating. Their memory shall be equipped in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that in your heart, you had wanted to bless the memory of your people. You had wanted that the people they are concerned about, there should be a reversal of their memory loss. And their memory should be received back. And we decree it by faith in Jesus' name. If you believe it, shout Amen. The same Psalms 91, you can go back. The same Psalms 91... Uh, I mean, not, not the same Psalms 91. This, the same Psalms, but now in uh, verse 91. The Bible says in uh, verse 12, but I can begin from verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. 
before we go to verse 12, verse 11, let's stop there and say and agree with the Lord. Our ways will always be kept. The ways of our children will always be kept. Do you believe it? Our ways, you know, there is this tendency in the world for people to think, ah, that one has started well, we will see. That thing has started, we will see. Our ways are not to be seen, they will be well. Our ways will not start strong and end weak. We shall start strong and we shall end strong. Our children shall not be saying Jesus as young children and then later on not saying Jesus. They shall start Jesus, they shall continue with Jesus, they shall finish with Jesus. Psalms 91 is a promise. I want us to stand on this evening. And some of you, you are losing what you have bargained for, for so long. Some of you are scared you may be losing what you began with. I want to tell you the curse of death is broken. The curse of death is broken. We cannot start with the Lord and finish without the Lord. We cannot start with, with the blessing and we finish with a curse. We have a portion of stability. We have a portion of security. And this evening in the name of Jesus, let's lift our hands. In the name of Jesus, we decree tonight that every curse of death is broken. Every way that was meant to be slippery along the way shall not be slippery. Every way that was meant to be dark shall not be dark. We decree light in every place is meant to be dark. We decree stability in every place is meant to be slippery. In the name of Jesus. Pray, pray, pray in a minute. Pray in a minute. Pray in a minute. Just pray in a minute. Pray in a minute. If you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Lord Jesus, we take authority. We decree our ways shall always be brighter and brighter. Our path shall always be firmer and firmer. Our con, our call shall always be glorious and glorious. Lord, it will be from faith to faith. It is from glory to glory. Lord Jesus, we decree, we shall have stability in our ways. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, Father, you have meant that our path should be firm. Our path should be straight. Our path should be full of light. And that is our confidence this evening. That as we go through the rest of the year, and as we go through the rest of the seasons of our lives, there shall be stability leading to stability. There shall be light leading to light. There shall be clarity leading to clarity. Allow me to give you a smile. When Jesus appears, he does not bring confusion. Every time you seek the Lord, the Lord will always give you ah, a sense of freshness. And I want to tell you something. Do not fear that the path I'm leading, where is it leading to? That is for the wicked. It is the wicked to be scared about their path. You, your path should always be leading from one light to another light. From faith to faith. From glory to glory. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless the path of your people. It will be light upon light. It will be glory upon glory. It will be brightness upon brightness. It will be one miracle after another miracle. It will be one portion of good after a portion of good. We bless the path of your people. And we decree, none of them shall walk in darkness. It is Jesus who promised. In John chapter 8, from verse 12, going down. But as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. No man will walk after me and walk in darkness. Darkness is of the devil. Darkness is not of the Lord. And so we decree in the name of Jesus, every plan you are following through shall carry light upon it. 
Every plan you are following through shall have clarity to it. Every project you are undertaking shall lead from light to light. It shall lead from clarity to clarity. It shall lead from profit to profit. Blessed be the Lord our God, who alone teaches our hands to profit. He does not teach us to make losses. He teaches us to make profit. In the name of Jesus. Now the devil quotes this for Jesus. But he quoted it out of context. Verse 12. They shall, verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. To keep thee in all thy ways. Are you aware there are angels strategically on the road of, for you? Imagine if Uru was to leave State House tomorrow. Maybe to go to Mlolongo. Along the path, there will be policemen, right? There will be physical policemen. Now, there is somebody greater than Uhuru who is called the child of God. And the God of heaven has announced that in every path you are about to walk through, there are angels stationed. My brother, my sister, quit seeing demons. There are angels stationed on your road. The Bible says all good things come from above. Leadership is good. The presidency is good. And it is an imitation of a spiritual reality. When you see that man walking through with his Mercedes and the, the policemen are next to him, the policemen are on his road, remember, even you in your spiritual journey, there are angels on the side of the road. There are angels on the side of the road. There are angels on the side of the road. And there will be no loss. There will be no accident. There will be no setback. In the name of Jesus. I don't know what happened to us. Sometimes we just need to believe the word of God. Sometimes we just have to understand scripture. Imagine you are walking from one project and you are going to the next project. And that path, there are angels. Imagine you are walking from one negotiation to another negotiation. And on the path, there are angels. They are shielding you from rejection. They are shielding you from confusion. They are shielding you from being shortchanged. They are shielding you from being taken advantage of. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm speaking to your spirit right now. And I'm telling your spirit, be still and know that is the Lord. The path has angels. The path does not have demons. The path has light. It does not have darkness. The path has a security from the throne of God. He shall give his angels charge over thee. And the Bible promises that they shall watch because you shall not lose your feet. You shall not lose your speed. You shall not lose your temperature. You shall not lose your conviction. You shall not lose your stand. Listen to me, parents. Some of your children have already taken a stand for Jesus. The angels will watch their feet. Their stand for Jesus will remain. Their stand for Jesus will remain. The devil will not take their feet away. The devil will not pluck their feet away. In the name of Jesus. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. I want to repeat to you, it is not one angel. In the morning I talked of guardian angel, but now we are talking about angels. Let's begin to activate them now.
Lord, we stand on your word and you activate angels. Not one, not two, but multitudes. Multitude of angels. Multitude, multitude of angels. To bring multitude of answers. Multitude of solutions. Multitude of encounters. Multitude of help. Multitude, I decree, multitude of angels. To begin to visit you in your dreams. To begin to visit you in your path to success. To begin to visit you on your journey. To begin to visit you. We decree multitude of angels. In the name of Jesus. And so I decree in the name of Jesus, from today, may you enjoy the activation of angels, but multitude of angels. Every day you are stepping out there, may there be multitude of angels. Every day you are stepping in, may there be multitude of angels. Every day you are negotiating, may there be multitude of angels. Every day you are in prayer, may there be multitude of angels in the name of Jesus. So Jesus is praying in Matthew chapter 4. And the Bible says angels came to encourage him. Angels came to minister to him after he had finished prayer. I want to tell some of you, when you report to prayer, there is an angel. When you report to prayer, there is an angel. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, Father, we decree in the name of Jesus, there is a backup we already are enjoying of angelic manifestation. Even as we pray, there is a backup we are enjoying. Our prayers shall no longer be hindered. Listen to me. I know some preachers have talked to you about anti-prayer demons. But allow me to talk about angelic <laughs> prayer angels. Ministering spirits from the throne of God. Carrying flames of fire. What we speak with our mouth is like bread. But the angels will touch it with fire. And it will go before God with an aroma that cannot be rejected by heaven. I decree in the name of Jesus. Every anti-prayer demon you are heard has been confused about. Let them be overthrown. And let now there be a ministering spirit from the throne of God. Let there be ministering spirits encouraging you and warming you up in the name of Jesus. The Bible talks about a path. A path means there is a traveler. Not somebody sleeping, somebody traveling. And people of God, one of the ways to keep yourself in the advantage position, learn to be on the move. Learn to be a traveler. These angels are guarding you on a path, not in a bed, not in a prison, in a path. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we activate the feet of your people. They are walking from every place of disadvantage to the place of advantage. They are walking and not stopping. They are believing and not disbelieving. They are trusting and not doubting. From today, I decree they are walking. I decree they are walking. And as they walk, Lord Jesus, every backup they need from your angelic presence, let it be granted. They shall be at the up. In their hands, lest thou dash thy feet against a stone. Jesus promised that offenses will come. Offenses will come. Your prayer is not for offenses. Your prayer is for the promise of God to deliver you from those offenses. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree, there are angels ready to deliver us from offenses. Ready to deliver us from setbacks. 
Ready to deliver us from discouragement. Ready to deliver us from this evening. And in the name of Jesus, you is discouraged. I release the angel of God in the name of Jesus to bring you to the place of encouragement. You is facing stumbling blocks. I release the angels of God to bring you out of those stumbling blocks. You who is, who is in a narrow place, I release the angels of God to bring you to a wide place. In the name of Jesus. Now listen to me. The stone is not the issue. The issue is who can be bigger than the stone? His name is the Lord Jesus. Do not fear the stones. Do not fear the Red Sea. The Bible says, and the Lord spoke to Moses. Look up and move forward. And in the name of Jesus I decree, every spirit of fear and trouble, Every spirit of fearing evil report, let it leave the people of God. And let them begin to expect the heavens to open on their behalf. Let them begin to expect the heavens to manifest on their behalf. In the name of Jesus. There's a prayer. I trust the Lord we are praying this evening before we dismiss. It is a prayer. It is a prayer to deliver people from stagnation. The devil thrown rocks at the feet of the people. But we want to make a prayer this evening. That instead of being hit with rocks and rocks, the Lord is going to carry you in his arms. And you are going to have comfort and security that only heaven can afford you. I decree in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's make this prayer. Father, you say, call unto me on the day of trouble. And I shall deliver you. Lord, here are your people. Some of who are in offenses. Some of who are in stagnation. Some of you are, some of who are in the places of being restrained and being held back. But in the name of Jesus, you promise to send your angels to deliver them, Lord, from these rocks. To deliver them from these stones. I pray today in the name of Jesus, even as we believe with your word, that there will be deliverance. There will be a turnaround. There will be a turnaround from this evening. We decree there will be a turnaround. There will be a turnaround. In the name of the Lord Jesus, there will be a lifting up. When they say there's a casting down, we shall say there's a lifting up. Lord, we refuse to be part of the statistics of those who will say 2018 was tough. We include ourselves in the statistics of those who will say 2018 we took off. 2018, there was a limitation, but we took off. 2018, there was a stagnation, but we took off. 2018, there was a limitation, but we rose above it and we took off. And Father, we announce the grace to take off. Let it come afresh upon your people in Jesus' name. Finally, before I step down to allow pastor to come, allow me to tell you something. The word in your mouth will determine the energy around you. You speak words of power, there will be power. You speak words of the future, there will be hope. And sometimes you just have to rise up and speak a powerful word by faith. And the Lord will change things in your favor. So Father, I cleanse the mouths of your people. No longer to be complaining, oh Lord. No longer to be murmuring or wondering. But to be speaking and creating their environment. With the words of faith, O oh Lord Jesus. We translate their tongue to be a tongue that is learned by the Holy Spirit. A tongue that will produce results. A tongue that will change the atmosphere. Thank you, Lord, because it is done. I want to remind you again. I feel it so strongly in my heart. 
There is a path ahead of us. But angels have already gone ahead. Angels are on this side and on this side. I wish you could shout. Wake up tomorrow. Take up your assignment. Knowing that on the left and on the right. There are angels. Saluting and bowing down. Saying son of the king. Child of the king. I am here to make it happen for you. Shout to the Lord Jesus. Jesus.